Hey guys, welcome back to the Lost in Translation podcast with Courtney and Tom. Hello there, Tom speaking. (laughs) Just letting you know that he's in the room. (laughs) Well, we have had a bit of a creative flump this week in the Patrick household. These days are going by so, so quickly. So for a little bit, we weren't sure exactly what to talk about, but we think probably the best thing we could talk about is very topical at the moment. So I'm not sure how many of you that are abroad listening to us keep up with the UK news, but you may have seen that on the 4th of July, a lot of the world in the UK is going to open back up. Uh, Before that date, we've been able to get takeaways from certain places or drive-through food like the mall and clothing shops and grocery stores and all of that have been open. Uh, But basically on the 4th of July is kind of the day that most things are going to resume back open, pubs, restaurants, etc. So it's a pretty landmark day in terms of the UK lockdown. So we thought actually it might be a good time um, to talk about what life's been like so far for us in England during this time. Uh, I know from looking at all of the friends of mine in America and your Instagram stories, I've been incredibly jealous of the fact that most of you have been back out in the world. It almost feels like COVID hasn't really happened, whether that's a good or a bad thing. But certainly over here in England, we've been sheltering at home as much as possible. uh, And we haven't really left the Patrick household too much, or at least the... uh, three mile radius of our house. So what we're going to do is just kind of give you guys a little bit of an overview of what lockdown's been like in England. If you're British and you already know, sorry, we're repeating probably what you've already been going through. But we'll do it in a hilarious manner, so you'll enjoy it. You know, don't turn off. And then we're going to interview each other, I guess an interview style of some questions of each of our experiences during this time. So we hope you enjoy. So, Tom, tell us, what has the lockdown been like in England? Well, so it's been going on for quite a while. Uh, Most people have been working from home since late March. And then the actual lockdown, as we came to know, it came into effect only a couple of weeks later. And for a long time, it was a case of you couldn't really uh, meet anyone outside of your household. You could only go outside for essential shopping and once a day exercise and it was a very strange way of living i could imagine it might have been similar to how it would have been during the blitz there was a kind of weird atmosphere in the air i think it's fair to say people shuffled about on the streets not wanting to linger around for too long and i think that lasted for about two months i would say it is really funny because i don't even know how to describe it anymore but there's a There's a Britishism that's just being incredibly polite. Let's say someone steps on your toe, you would say, sorry. Uh, So when you're passing strangers in the street and you might come within just a bit too close of each other in a normal world, you'd say, sorry. But doing social distancing with all of these Britishisms was kind of a weird thing in the beginning because people just really tried their hardest not to stand too close to each other. But as you can imagine, in some places, in England it's pretty small so it's pretty difficult to do that all the time but 
Tom, one thing he didn't mention, so I'm sure it's the same across the world. Of course, we had to stay home uh, and make sure that we were social distancing and isolating as much as possible. And there was a long stretch of time where we didn't even leave the house to go get food shopping. We got it all delivered and tried to stay in and only go outside for, our, well, outside of our back garden, um, go outside to the park and things like that one time a day. And we used as much of that one time a day as possible. Um, but one of the big things that's happened over here is the government put out a furlough scheme, which at first I had no idea what that meant. But basically what they've done is say to a lot of employers, we understand that you're going to have a lot of people that need to stay employed, but you're not going to be making a lot of money. So you could have your staff kind of taking a garden leave or not almost like paid time off. Um, and the government would reimburse for 80% of the person's salary up to a certain amount. So it's been a massive blessing because a lot of people in the UK have benefited from it. Obviously, not everyone's been able to do that. But uh, Tom was living his best furlough life for the first part of the lockdown. So Don't furlough shame me. In fact, that is, that is something that some people have been doing. Uh, because what you've got to understand is some people have been uh, furloughed and then they're therefore unable to work. So the idea is the, the uh, your company will pay 80% of your wages, but you shouldn't be doing any work. They shouldn't uh, be telling you to do any work. And if they try and get you to, that's that's actually illegal. So that's, a, that's something that a lot of people didn't seem to understand because there were a fair amount of the workforce that carried on working. And I think they might have been a little bit envious of the people who were getting four-fifths of their wages without having to do any work. So furlough shaming was something that I did uh, hear a little bit about. It's not happened to myself, but uh, <laughs> be assured that it wasn't all fun and games. And, yeah, when you're, when you're just alone with your thoughts for sort of 12 or so hours a day, you know, and, 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 and then my thoughts as well, you know, my mind is as, as misshapen and, and uh, <laughs> as bursting at the seams as a 14-year-old's bedroom. So, yeah. I, mean... I doubt... I doubt there was much time for thoughts mm -hmm. when you weren't even getting out of bed until gone noon and then playing your games all day long. There were some long nights of the soul, I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, okay. Well, that's enough for Tom's furlough. <laughs> and then... I had decided to go freelance and my luck uh, was just before COVID came into play. So I too was trying to adjust to not having the structure of a nine to five and figuring out what to do with my life. It's safe to say that the beginning of furlough almost seems like a, or rather lockdown seems like such a long distant memory because it was full of activities for me trying to do anything and everything possible to keep myself busy at all points. So there was a lot of at-home workouts on YouTube, loads of walks. I mean, we discovered all kinds of walking paths near our house. And one of the sweet things, if anybody followed this on social media, uh, I act as if I am an influencer and I definitely don't have the following for that. But we had a swan that had a nest and it was just at the beginning of lockdown. So it was really sweet because our na whole neighborhood was uploading pictures onto the neighborhood Facebook page. And it seemed like forever because the geese had their babies, the, the ducks had bigger. their babies, the lambs were out. Everybody had their babies but the swan and every day we'd go to check on it. And they finally 
they they finally cracked out of their shell and there were some beautiful little signets, which is how you say a baby swan, which I didn't know till I moved over here. Mm. So that was a really sweet spring story. Yeah, and we've seen the lambs grow from tiny little uh, balls of fluff to uh, great big, great big beasts now, aren't they? Yeah, and if we hadn't actually had furlough we would never have found all of these walking trails that are literally just outside of our neighborhood. So every day I usually go for like a three mile walk, um, which is just turn outside of our neighborhood and you immediately go past these fields of sheep. Um, and then you've got like the little ravine where they've got the swan and the ducks and the geese. And it's just a really, really tranquil walk and you kind of come back upon what is called a sailing club, which I'm guessing in the normal world they actually have sailboats that go out there. Um, But yes, we would have never found these paths had we not uh, done that. And then of course we had the stereotypical cooking and baking. Banana bread was consumed, loads of other treats and goodies were there. And my favorite part, which Tom doesn't understand the tranquility of was we found a hammock in our shed that the previous house owners left behind and then we really leveled up by ordering or purchasing a pool yeah and not just any kind of pool not your built into the ground pool but an inflatable one that we inflate and deflate as the need uh, as the need occurs <laughs> so yeah we've not gone bad and bougie on you we're still uh, we're still keeping it real here in the uh, in the ch but uh yeah we've we've upgraded our lifestyle a little bit i think it's fair to say our garden game's gone through the roof yeah and that pool is epic and everything and Again, my luck. We got the pool because it had been boiling every single day in England. I think I'm more tan than I've been in a very long time. And then, of course, I buy the pool. And then we have freezing, cold, rainy, gray weather every day for a couple of weeks. Until finally this week, it started to pick back up. Today, it's actually sweltering. Hottest day of the year. It's ridiculous. And there's no aircon in England. So please empathize with the fact that I'm sweating all day, all along, and there's nothing that I can even do about it. I I think I was even sweating in the shower. There's just no escaping from the heat. So, uh, so there's a little bit of that. So that's, that's kind of the, the crux of, of what the lockdown's been for us in terms of giving you a, a foreshadowing of, of some of the questions to come. So it's really been a lot of lazy living uh, and we're very grateful for, obviously, all of the help that the government's given in terms of having that furlough scheme. But I think it's also safe to say we're incredibly grateful to all the key workers, especially those in the National Health Service. And I'm not sure if this made the news, but obviously every Thursday for a long time, everybody would come out of their house and clap for cares. And I know that they've been doing a lot of hard work and we've got some friends that work in the healthcare field. And it's just been kind of crazy to think that here we are like sometimes complaining about being stuck at home and then there's so many people out on the front lines so yeah we're just kind of grateful that the that the lockdown for us has been just a chance to like regroup and reset but without further ado i'll uh, i'll let tom get to our first set of questions yeah. 
So Tom, for the first question, what has been your highlight and your low light of lockdown? And yes, I do feel like I'm at work facilitating a session asking that question, but nevertheless. Well, she just charged me discounted rates. This is £350 per day, which is mates rates, and it is well worth it. So, you know, if you are interested in Courtney's services, please do get in touch. Um, I would have to say that my my highlights, um, it's a little bit tricky, really, because there have been some i don't think you can really say there's been anything that's been brilliant about this time but there have been some things that i've certainly appreciated i've certainly appreciated spending more time with my gorgeous beautiful wonderful wife and um, i didn't pay him to save that no no she just gave me an extra 10 percent off her fabulous day rate <laughs> um but I, uh, I did really enjoy getting to spend time with my wonderful wife and, you know, just to stop and smell the roses a little bit more, to go on walks together and to see the spring springing out together. I think that was really nice and really special. Uh, it's also given me a lot of time to have a think about where I am in my life and what I'm going to be doing. You know, I'm nearly 30. Um, been at the same job for three and a half years and you know, I'm getting to the stage now where you know, maybe one day I won't be able to eat two pizzas in one day. Maybe I might have to start doing some exercises. So it's it's kind of allowed me a bit of time to think, right, so where do I want to be in three years' time or in five years' time? So that time to kind of just just uh, re reposition myself a little bit, I think, has been, has been really valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say my highlight... Other than having that pool, because honestly, I will get in there, close my eyes and pretend I am in Spain or somewhere tropical. Uh, But yes, I would not to steal Tom's answer, but I would say that's been the highlight for me. It's crazy because I was kind of reflecting in like the last three years with the job for me has been so busy and so full on. And it almost felt like, I remember last year when we went to Croatia, we went on um, like a cruise and I didn't use my phone the entire trip. And I remember just feeling like completely healed because I had actually spent time with my husband and I was actually talking to people and I actually just got to break away. Uh, And I think that was like a red flag for me that life was so busy. So what I've been enjoying is like the slow pace and well, last time we've been able to hang out with each other like this during the daytime was um, like when you were both at Nottingham University. So it's been cool to just like live together and see each other during the day instead of being like married to work. Um, just to clarify, I went, I went to Nottingham Trent University and Polly mm, went to Nottingham. Yeah, I can't believe you'd clarify that. Oh, I'd mm. rather be a Polly than a... No, <laughs> okay. So then my low light, I don't know. I think the beginning of the lockdown was really hard for me. And I kind of struggled with both going out on my own in terms of freelance. And like I said, trying to get a schedule again, but also just like taking in all of the things that were happening and the uncertainty of the future. So I think as much as I try to focus on the positive of all like the great things that have come from it, we have to recognize there's a pandemic and the future is uncertain. Um, And obviously all of our canceled holidays, which has been a massive low light. So, hate to leave it on an egg, but that's our answers to highlight and low light. Well, I actually didn't give a low light, darling. If you uh, if you remember, you kind of cut across me. I did not. You 
You were done and you looked at me. No, I didn't. I was just looking at All you right, because let, I find you so beautiful. Let the record show that he definitely looked at me and our podcast looked to go, I'm ready for you to speak. So I mean, if only there was some sort of recording that we could listen to, but I guess that's uh, the technology just isn't there. I mean, in terms of a low light, I would say, I mean, I, I think I'm fairly good at keeping things in perspective and not going crazy. Um, so I don't think I had any sort of serious lows. Um, I managed to kind of keep things steady, but that's in no small part uh, to my uh, family and friends. Uh, we did uh, we did have a, a weekly quiz and get together on Zoom, which was really good um, to see everyone. I think that really helped, really helped me to, uh, you know, keep everything going. Um, but yeah, I'd say just not seeing people is probably the toughest thing. Um, you know, not seeing my mum and dad, only, they're only over in Eton, but we finally did get to see them last weekend. That was, uh, that was really great to see them. And just seeing people like, you know, your friends at work that, uh, that make you smile and, uh, you know, keep you going. I think it's, it's different when it's on WhatsApp or it's on Zoom, you know, it's, it, it, it can lose a little something. So yeah, that's, uh, that was probably, a low light for me. So, Tom, my next question for you is, what's the first thing you want to eat and drink after this lockdown's over? Well, I'm going to start off with drink uh, because I have to say that while I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a particularly big drinker or a particularly uh, you know well versed drinker. I'm certainly no uh, no wine expert. I do enjoy a good cocktail, and I think there's a little little place just took behind Broad Street called the Karaoke Box, and they do an amazing <laughs> Long Island iced tea. <laughs> that would be something I would be very very happy to have again. You can't you just can't get them like they make them there. That would be my certainly my uh, first drink I'd love to have. Okay, again, another clarification for all of you that know me and my obsession with the karaoke box in Birmingham. I had no idea Tom was going to say that. Maybe I am an influencer. I mean, to to actually choose the drinks from there when normally they're like so heavily spiked with alcohol, you just, you need it just to get the liquid courage to do the karaoke, unless you're me, of which then you are a shining star and you will need no such liquid courage. Uh, but yeah, so interesting. Okay. What about food? Um, food? I mean, I did think about being a bit basic and saying a good old harvester, but I mean, the sad thing is harvester might not come back in the same way that it would, that it had before, <laughs> you know, no, no buffets. And that's a, that's a real tragedy. I mean, that's probably going to be one of the biggest effects on my life. Um, but I would probably say, because I had this just before lockdown happened, I would love to have a lovely great big chicken burger from Bonehead. That would be a big old a big old happy smile on my face when I, when I step into Bonehead for the first time again. Because it's one of those things where... It's recent enough in my mind that I remember how it tasted and how good it was, um, and I can kind of I can kind of picture it, and I think yeah I'd love to be back in there and love to be, love to be filling myself up again. Whereas there's other things where I think I can live I can live without McDonald's for a bit, or it's been so long since I've had, you know, uh, a blue cheeseburger that I can I can live without it. But yeah, Bonehead's the sweet spot for me. 
Mm. Well, to um, to give some context for his first answer of harvester. Okay, in America, it's basically Applebee's, but like an even not so exciting version of Applebee's if such a thing exists. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a fresh salad bar and I like the grilled chicken, but it ain't nothing to sing home about. But my husband loves a harvester. I think we may have covered this in an earlier podcast. And, uh, you know, I see this as an attempt to kibosh my uh, my incoming sponsorship with Harvester. <laughs> free, I... free salad bar for life. That's all I'm asking for. I've tried to introduce him to the world of fine dining but alas, it, it only goes so far. Well, you can take the boy out in an eason. Well, my answer is going to be really bougie in comparison oh, yeah. because I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. And one thing I always said when I went and became freelance is that I was so excited for the fact that I could go to London for the day during like a Wednesday or a Tuesday when the rest of the world was at work and just explore it when it's just a little bit more quiet than normal. So the first thing that I would like to drink after the world opens back up a little bit is I would love to go and have an afternoon tea at Claridge's in <laughs> London or just to simply go to Fortnum and Mason upstairs and have a pot of the Royal Blend tea. The afternoon tea is on my bucket list of things to do. I've done a lot of different afternoon teas in England, but Claridge's is still on the list. And I think if you're going to go you know, if you're going to go out there and you're going to risk getting COVID, you might as well go big. Yeah. I am not going to risk my health for enough, for just like a small thing. It's got to be Claridge's. And yes, I am truly thinking that when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working and I'm like, that's, that's next on there. So that's the drink, which is a tea. It's nothing too exciting in terms of like alcohol or things like that, but just something lovely. And then what do I want to eat afterwards? I would love to eat Vietnamese food. So Tom and I have been looking at rebooking some holidays that we had planned. And one of the places on our list that we want to go and maybe we'll be able to is Vietnam. And so I've been doing a lot of research on where we would eat and where to go. And honestly, I am dying for some. And we did get some takeaway from um, a Vietnamese place that's not too far from our house, but it wasn't it wasn't that fresh, like normal Vietnamese food that I usually get, which would be like pho or a nice salad or something like that. So, oh, I am dying to go back out there and uh, and get my fill of that whenever we can. So that's me. Good stuff. So on the next question, where's the first place you want to go in terms of like visits in the Birmingham area after the lockdowns kind of leveled up? In the Birmingham area? Or, or in the UK. Let's okay. just keep it to the UK. Yeah, I mean, I would say... One thing, one place that I've always wanted to see, but I've never really been able to, is the Lake District up north. And I've never really explored the north, and I've never, uh, I, I've never really thought about having the time to do it. But I think uh, in the next the next few weeks and months, it's probably the perfect time to do it because you're not really going to be allowed to go abroad too much, or you might have to quarantine if you're coming back. So I'm sort of sure staycations are going to go through the roof. Um, 
and it's going to be it's the kind of thing the lake district it's very much a kind of british holiday destination but it's not you know it's not the beach it's not like you're abroad it's a very english place to go and that is something i think i've really missed out on a lot for a lot of my life so i would uh, i'd like to try that you know try something a little bit different for a time mm-hmm. i would like to go there as well i would say the first place that i want to go after all of this is uh, kind of opened back up is the Cotswolds and I am thinking of doing a, like a day trip because we don't live very far from there but I just I would love to stay in like a quintessentially English cottage somewhere and go for a lovely walk and see all the gorgeous like pasture side etc I've just got this image in my head I even though I know Peter Rabbit was actually based in the Lake District I always imagined him to be in the Cotswolds, so, you know, look at some cute boutiques, have like a nice little pub dinner, it's just there, Cotswolds. So the last question on the list is, what is the next vacation spot for you as soon as the world opens back up? Well, this is a bit of a tricky one because, as we said, we have been looking at sort of Vietnam, Thailand, that part of the world. But I, So I think that's going to be somewhere that's a little bit too obvious. But I would really like to do a little hop over to France because we do have, and I'm getting some, some knowing looks from my good wife here because I know that's a popular one with her as well. Um, but I think France is somewhere where it's it's kind of a slower pace of life. And now that I'm back at work and things are kind of kicking off again, I can feel that uh, I'm already, you know, back in the working uh, back in the working kind of psyche, so I'm uh, I'm feeling busy again, and I'm I'm not saying I'm feeling stressed, but I'm uh, yeah I'm not feeling as relaxed as I was before. Let's put it that way. And sometimes, especially if you go to northern France, it's like you've stepped back in time thirty years. You can just chill out, relax, have some really good food for uh, very very few euros, and just enjoy yourself for a little bit. So I think a week in France, ten days in France, would be a lovely little trip away, and I'm sure it'd keep the wife happy as well. Well, I mean, you did steal my answer. I'll ha- I have another one on deck. But let's get real. You go to France. Tom's family has a house in northern France in Normandy. And honestly, you go there for the food and the wine, the cheese, the desserts. Oh, my gosh. Like everywhere you go, there's like a patisserie with like the most gorgeous looking things you've ever seen in your life. I let myself indulge and there were actually some parts where I got sick because I literally had an overindulgent meal. You went blind, didn't you? A couple of times. I got I went blind a couple of times. I remember that time in the little restaurant isn't you when I was like passing out from having beurre blanc. <laughs> so Oh yeah. <laughs> literally you can have too good of a time with a food situation there. Not to mention it's close enough to the beach and because it's like a home instead of like a condo or something. You can actually socially distance pretty easily out there. So that's why. Not to mention the fact that the ferry is amazing as well because the food on the ferry is amazing. And then you can watch films. 
it's fun. It's just all fun involved for everyone. So yeah, big up Brittany Ferries, you know, if you want to give us a free trip, then you know. Or if you want, if you want to go to France with us, like, yeah. let us know. Hashtag uh, social media influencers. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> How about um, you, darling? Where would you want to go? So I have two places. But I think the more realistic one is doing a little trip to Spain. So, Spania. So, Spain has opened up back uh, for UK tourists, which that's been the big announcement over here. We can't necessarily go there yet because if we did, we'd have to socially like distance and isolate for two weeks. But I was thinking it might be nice to do like a little jaunt over to Spain via air and go and see the beautiful southern beaches in Spain and have like a proper little holiday. We went to Barcelona not that long ago and unfortunately spent most of the time in the hospital. Um, not for each other, but that's a story for another day. I'm sure we'll do a podcast about crazy vacation moments. Got that, um, got that. <laughs> so it would just be nice to uh, to go back and just enjoy the Spanish lifestyle, which is very laid back and get some sun and some beach and all of that good stuff. So, yes. Well, that concludes today's episode. I hope that it was enthralling for all of you and that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about what we've been doing over here and the things that we've been thinking about, even though the world's going to open back up on July 4th. uh, And I will say that it is American Independence Day, and it's weird how the lockdown's kind of going away on July 4th as well. It's as if they were copying America. Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll be jumping to go anywhere too soon just because the UK has been really badly hit and we want to make sure that we're keeping safe as much as possible. But it is exciting to think of all the places we could potentially go uh, now that things are kind of going back to a semi-normal pace. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is our this is our message of hope. So it's kind of we're looking back at what we'd uh, what we've come through, and we're looking to the future to see what's going to happen. And hopefully, a lot of people are doing the same. Well, thank you so much again for giving us a listen, and thank you for listening to all the podcasts along the way. Uh, please share, recommend, refer people to listen to our podcast to help us get our numbers up there. Um, and just thanks for listening along to our, our kind of like passion slash fun project during this crazy time that we've all been living in, and we can't wait to speak to you next week. Preach it, sister. <laughs>